everybody. This is Just Souls with Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. My name is Brent Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh. Hey, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Fine, thank you. I'm looking forward to this because we have a guest. We do have a guest, and this is something that even people that live in condominiums might not understand what uh, this company does. So joined, joining us today is Brian Fisher from KDM Management. And what KDM Management does, they're a condominium property manager. And so I thought this was a great opportunity to talk about some behind the scenes of condominium management. Brian, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. I've been a licensed uh, real estate investor slash realtor for uh, the last 20 years. And uh, since uh, the last uh, dozen or so years, I entered into this foray of condominium management, uh, taking over uh, KDM management. So that's kind of my mainstay now is uh, helping uh, condominium corporations. And how long has KDM been around? KDM has been around since 1986. Oh, wow. And how many condominiums do you guys look after? Do you even know that number? Oh, I do, uh, but uh, it's uh, right around 250 condominium corporations, including a few homeowners associations. Wow. And how many employees do you need to, to look after that many condominium associations? We're currently at about 65 staff. Wow. It's, it's, that's a lot bigger than I think most people would, would even imagine. They probably just think it's you that's looking after all these condominiums. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> we've grown a little since we've taken over the last. So, so let's start with like just a simple question. What is a condominium property manager? Well, a condo manager is exactly that. We're not a rental manager. We don't do leasing. We don't do rentals. So basically, we're engaged by the boards of condominium corporations to help them run the corporation business on a daily basis. And besides that, what other services does KDM do? Uh, we also offer a uh, condominium document review service. So that's for anybody. It doesn't have to be a condo property, but any buyer um, looking to buy a condominium property, would uh, we would highly recommend you source the documents and uh, do a review. So you know what it is that you're buying because you're actually buying into, it's not just the physical asset, but you're buying into a ownership structure and a um, shares of a corporation. Perfect. Well, we can talk about that here shortly. Um, let's first talk about how does one become a property manager? So, uh, again, to be a condo manager, um, we've now come under licensing with uh, the Real Estate Council of Alberta or RECA as of December 1st, uh, 2021. So now actually you can't even kind of train on the fly. You actually have to be licensed in order to engage in management activities. So you would have to first go through the uh, real estate fundamentals course, get your license uh, before you're actually allowed to engage in the management activities. And um, I think we'll, we'll start at the beginning because sometimes people don't even understand the word condominium. I think it often gets confused with apartment. And, and lots of times I'll say condominium and people don't just immediately think of an apartment and don't realize that condominium has more to do with ownership than, than the style of, of the property. So what is a condominium? So it's a great question, Brent. Uh, it's, it's honestly completely misunderstood both by condominium owners and by uh, people in the industry. Um, you know, it's uh, condominium is a ownership structure. It really has nothing to do with the physical um, property itself. You are buying into a community ownership structure where you're 
you have a defined unit and you also have an interest in the common property, which is all the areas outside of your unit, of course, within the confines of the registered condo plan. Um, therefore, a detached single family home could in fact be part of a condominium corporation, would be a bare land condo, but if that's how it's structured. So it's not just an apartment, it could be um, townhouses, it could be apartments, it could be single family homes, it could be a, a commercial strip mall, to be honest. So. Perfect. Okay. What about, what is a condo board? So a board is, uh, is the board of directors for the corporation. So they're duly elected at the annual general meeting, or as we call it, the AGM. Uh, their duties are to make decisions on behalf of the entire ownership throughout the year. Uh, boards typically consist of three to seven members and uh, their job includes, you know, uh, ensuring the maintenance, repair, replacement of common property, as well as the collection of monies from the ownership and uh, the financial reporting to the owners. And why would a condo board need a manager or a management company like yourselves? Can't they just do it on their own? Sure. So the board are all volunteers. Um, as you can appreciate, they typically have jobs, families, and yeah. lives already. Um, and they can do it themselves or on their own. Uh, we refer to this as being self-managed. Uh, and you're still allowed to do that. Um, however, they often engage a management company to assist with all these things that it takes to properly run a corporation. After all, these are essentially nonprofit, multi-million dollar corporations. So uh, they need a hand with that. Okay. And so what is the role of the property manager while working with the condo board? So the role of the manager is to actually provide experience-based guidance uh, to keep the corporation in line with the Condominium Property Act, the regulations, and the corporation's own bylaws. Um, additionally, the manager is there to enact any decisions made by the board of directors. Uh, we also will attend the regular board meetings. Um, we provide knowledge and input at those meetings to assist the board in making their decisions on all matters re related, excuse me, related to the corporation. So, so basically you're there to hold their hand, so to speak, these volunteers that are looking after the condo board. Yeah, to provide some guidance, some input. Um, also, you know, get involved with, uh, you know, um, helping them source the right contractors for the work that they need done mm -hmm. um, and keeping them, you know, operating legally and lawfully because you do get some owners or boards that have their own ideas and <laughs> kind of sometimes have to remind them that, hey, we have to run by the act and yes, we can do this or no, we can't do that. A rogue president who just wants to run it like a dictatorship. Never heard of it. No. <laughs> um, maybe you can t tell us some new challenges that you guys have faced in, in the condominium world lately. Uh, sure. I, I think the biggest issue right now is, um, or this year anyway, is that uh, with, is with the licensing model coming in. I mean, certainly we agree with a licensing model and, and uh, an oversight into our industry. That being said, it does extend into increased costs for condo corporations um, and puts pressure right now in the short term anyway on the supply of managers um, requiring them all to be licensed because historically this hasn't been the case. Um, this in the short term is really going to translate into management companies being a little bit more selective of the clients perhaps they're working with uh, and it will undoubtedly leave smaller corporations um, forced into either self-managing or paying, paying a premium to uh, secure professional management. And what about, uh, are you seeing some of your competitors not get licensed and maybe get out of the industry? Has that happened? 
That, uh, yeah, that happens. Um, you know, you've, you've got some people that are just throwing their hands up saying I've been doing this for 20 years and uh, nobody's going to tell me I need to have a license to do what I've been doing. And, uh, you know, we've, we've seen some attrition, um, you know, in the Edmonton market anyway, as opposed to Calgary, there's a lot more, let's call it mom and pop operations than, uh, than you see in places like Calgary. So I think you will see some attrition in there and some transfer of ownership of corporations that are uh, acting as management companies and or uh, there, there'll be a few more sales of management companies you know, and amalgamations. Yeah. So maybe even more business for you, even more condominium, uh, condominiums <laughs> well, to look after. We'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, obviously I, I, I sell both single family houses and condominiums and, and we've seen quite a rise in condominium fees lately. And, and it seems like one of the, the, the common themes that we're hearing from corporations is that there's been a significant rise in insurance premiums for condominiums in Canada. Is that true? Well, 100%. Um, you know, that being said, insurance premiums this year have actually started to come down again, um, not to where they were before, but they did spike massively um, over the last couple of years due to the uh, all the catastrophic losses over the previous few years. So you had the Fort McMurray fires, the Smoky Lake fires, you had the hailstorm damages, um, as well as a number of massive uh, building fire losses. Uh, I know our own firm had experience with uh, four massive building fire losses and all cigarette butts. Oh, wow. I know that there was a corporation down uh, in Cloverdale in, in central Edmonton, just across from the Mutart Conservatory, where their premiums went from $50,000 a year to two, well, 198000 is is what we heard through the grapevine. And, yeah, and we hear those stories. Uh, we've, we've, we've seen that, um, you know, corporations can do some things. They can certainly go to quote with other broker. Um, but you know, uh, a lot of times what it's led to is increase their deductibles. So instead of inducting, you know, you know deductibles being 5,000 or 10,000 or even 20,000, some have gone up to 50 or hundred thousand dollar deductibles for the corporation. And the reason I bring that up is one of the things you want to be careful of or do when you're a condo owner or buying a unit is make sure you're, you are getting a separate policy. So, the condo corp will have a policy to ensure the fire loss, but they're only going to repair or replace, sorry, the building to the original construction. Um, now, uh, they're not going to. So if you went in and upgraded your unit, let's say for granite countertops, um, that's you need your own insurance policy to cover that. The corporations won't respond to that. So not only do you want coverage for your own upgrades, but you want coverage that will protect you in the case, let's say you're the source unit uh, of the damages um, and you want to be covered for the deductible because the board can actually charge you the deductible. Now it is capped up to $50,000, but you could be charged up to $50,000 of the corporation's deductible if let's say you're the source unit of a fire loss. And if you've got your own insurance, will that cover that $50,000 deductible? If you have the appropriate insurance, yes, it will cover that deductible. Okay. Um, let's talk about I'm a buyer and I'm buying a condominium here in Edmonton. And I'm asking you because you get to see this, um, obviously, many and many corporations. How often should I expect my condo fees to increase? Well, that's like anything. It depends on how the business is run. A corporation is a business ultimately. I mean, granted, it's not for profit. However, if it's being run appropriately and they are the, the corporation is setting aside the appropriate funds, et cetera, that it needs for the repair, maintenance, and replacement of common elements, um, then you should see a gradual increase over time. Um, you know, anybody who buys in expecting condo fees to be the same as what they were when they bought five years later, um, that's a fallacy. It really does 
doesn't happen. <laughs> um, you know, but buying into buildings that have parkades, elevators, uh, swimming pools, those are your three biggest uh, condo fee items. So if you're looking for lower condo fees, then look at something like a, perhaps a townhouse, uh, a properly run townhome. How are condo fees determined? Oh, good question. So that's really set out by a developer when they develop the project. But I will go with what the 98 percentile is, and that is uh, a unit factor definition. So what they do is uh, here in Alberta, as we say, every condominium corporation, whether there's two units or there's a thousand units, it doesn't matter. There are 10,000 unit factors assigned to the corporation. Thereby, it makes it fair uh, on a square footage basis is generally how it's calculated. So a 600 square foot unit will have less unit factors divided into that 10,000 than say a 900 square foot unit. So the smaller unit will pay proportionately less, the larger unit will pay proportionately more. So that's 98% of how it's done. How it's done. Okay. Um, you, you guys offer, we, we talked about it off the start that you guys offer, offer condominium document review. What is that? Yeah, that's a great question. So what we do is we actually um, get copies of all of the, uh, the documents for the condo corporation. So um, what we do is we take all those and we do a, uh, an analysis as to what's going on. Um, you know, that there can be up to 200 pages of documents, let's say, um, you know, uh, on behalf of a condo corporation, when you factor in minutes, bylaws, all those things, and it can be a daunting task. So our analysts will work with the buyer and the realtor to give the buyer an easy to understand um, report as to what's going on with this corporation both physically and financially and so they can make informed decisions you know sometimes there's things like special levies which everyone refers to as cash calls yeah. or assessments as they used to be called um, coming up those might get overlooked if you don't have a review done um, but it will also uh, give you any information as far as or give you detailed plan as to what their savings plan is if there's any potential levies um, and ideally the analyst should have a background in you know ideally multifamily construction, but construction, uh, reserve fund studies, engineer reports, and specialize in, you know, structural building envelope and chronic issues. Well, we'll get back to reserve fund study here shortly, but um, let's talk about how long does that normally take? If for some Typically, it's about five to eight business days. If the documents certainly take longer to uh, arrive, then a buyer may need an extension on their conditions. But our aim is for the client to receive the report prior to the condition date. So allow the buyer some time to review the report, ask some questions, and you know, hopefully even get a chance to sleep on it before they make the big decision. And it, it's basically like a Coles Notes uh, version of the of the 200 pages of documents. Is that a fair assessment of what of what it Correct. is? Yeah. So yeah. so you're taking those 200 pages and putting it down into a few pages so that it's easier for the buyer to understand what they've just received. Both boil it down and uh, put it in layman's terms. Uh, you know, not, not everybody is in the condo world and not necessarily understand the you know some of the lingo that uh, is used in the industry. So to kind of break it down, what does all this really mean yeah, to the so, buyer? So five days. How much? How much does that cost to get that we done? We charge $430 plus GST. Okay. And it's, it's like an inspection of the condo documents, just like Correct. you pay a home inspector to, to inspect the physical property. Now we're getting somebody to inspect the, the behind the scenes of the condominium corporation. Correct. And you know, Brent, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next, 
I'm surprised they don't do it now, but in the next five to 10 years, I would be surprised if we don't see lenders requiring, and we, we have seen mm. some instances where lenders require this prior to funding, but I would uh, expect to see more of that with all of the issues that have been plagued, especially in places like BC where they had the leaky leaky condo scenario. Just a couple of questions left, Brian. Um, you, you'd mentioned it, so I, I wanted to get back to it. Explain what a reserve fund study report is. Sure. So um, reserve fund study report, it's a 25 year analysis of the corporation, both physical and financial uh, scenario. So, um, I mean, before I get into that, I think it's important first to understand that, you know, every corporation should have two bank accounts. They should have one for their operational expenses and one for their reserve account. So that reserve account is really money set aside for the repair or replacement of common property elements like your roofs, windows, doors, elevators, paving, et cetera, everything outside of your unit. So all corporations are required to have this reserve fund study. Um, and the study reviews, again, all those structural and common components. Um, and it breaks it down essentially into a 25 year budget plan to replace all those elements. So how does that work? Well, they say, okay, what's the current age of your roof system? And let's say it's 10 years and the life expectancy is 30 years. That means we've got to save enough money over the next 20 years or set aside so that we can replace that factoring in inflation, of course, but replace that roof system in 20 years because nobody likes to have special assessments. So, you know, in the ideal world, that's how the board will follow uh, that so that there are no special levies uh, to the unit owners. And uh, yeah, essentially it's uh, just keeping pace with the cost of inflation and making sure you're budgeting the right, right amount of money. So nobody gets caught with a massive uh, assessment. And how often does a condo board have to get one of those? So it's a 25 year study and it must be updated every five years. And, and it doesn't sound like that's going to be cheap for the condo board. Those sound like expensive things to get done. Well, it depends on the, uh, the price can range, obviously, depending on the size and scope of the project. Um, it can be a few thousand dollars to 10,000 or more if it's a massive undertaking. Um, again, we're going to wrap up here real quickly, but, uh, lastly, let's talk uh, as far as condominiums go, let's talk there's been some changes in recent years to the age restrictions that condominiums are allowed to have. Right. So this is a really interesting topic for sure. First of all, um, it's provincially regulated. Um, it's not a federal thing. So it all changed in Alberta in 2017. Um, and the, the interesting part about this is actually what we call an unintended consequence of uh, human rights issues. So uh, I believe it had to do with a senior citizen and a driver's license. But um, anyhow, um, be that as it may, the government then said, okay, let's set aside some time to evaluate any other areas where ageism is an issue. So they ended up looking at both rental and condo age restrictions uh, and decided that this ageism was an infraction of human rights. So here's where it stands, you know, as of current law with respect to condo corps. Um, anyone, any board or corporation that had an age restriction in place prior to January 1st, 2018, they can maintain their status quo for now. Any new buildings that are constructed can only have an age restriction of 55 plus. That's going to be the only restriction allowed going forward. And as of December 31st, 20 or 2032, sorry, um, the only allowable age restriction will be 55 plus. So when we're nearing that time, if you're going to be buying into condo corps, it's going to be imperative. You understand if you're buying into an age restricted building um, and knowing if you're going to be 55 plus or not at the time when that turns over and seeing if there is a grandfathering in place. Um, there's some discussion that there's, 
you know, grandfathering if you're, you know, 53 and you're already in place, are they going to grandfather you in uh, as long as you remain an owner? If you were to buy new, you wouldn't be able to buy in if you didn't meet the age criteria. That's really interesting. So 2032, that's the magic year that this all, excellent. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, Maybe tell us a little bit, what makes your company so great? Well, I mean, we feel there's a number of contributing factors. Um, probably the most important way which is way we support our managers. Um, you know, we give each manager their own dedicated administrative assistant. Um, this has a huge impact for both the manager and the client. Managers are freed up to focus on operational concerns and the admin can do the heavy lifting on letters and notices and client calls and emails. This also gives a manager the ability to physically get out to sites as opposed to being chained to their desks. Um, clients always love that because there's always somebody in the office being the admin to answer calls and emails. Um, the other major support to the managers are documents departments. So they handle all the condominium corporation documents for clients for download, as well as registering caveats at land titles when uh, an owner gets into an arrears situation. But ultimately, it just it comes down to our systems and structure that allows us to excel. Um, you know, additionally, uh, you know, we are family owned. It's my wife and I, and uh, we're big community supporters. Uh, we're actually the only management company um, in these parts anyway that I know of uh, that has our own registered charity called KDM Health. Helping Hands. Um, the mission statement there is filling in gaps for families and children. Um, some of the key accomplishments there. Been renovations to the Ronald McDonald House. We've uh, renovated to have a fully functioning two-chair salon for hair and massage. Um, renovated the Sturgeon Hospital Medical Unit 18 for families needing to stay with uh, loved ones at the hospital. And uh, the last 10 years of running, or sorry, bringing the magic of Christmas to a school every year. And we feed them, bring Santa Claus and lots of gifts for all the kids. Wow, that's great. How does someone get a hold of KDM Management? So we can easily be found on our website, uh, kdmmgmt.ca or a quick Google search, but uh, or stop by our office in Campbell Park here in St. Albert, just two, two minutes north of the Henday off the Campbell exit. We'll put the uh, website and the phone number in our show notes. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, thanks, Brian. And Brent, how does everybody get a hold of you? Well, if they'd like to buy a condominium or a single family house, uh, they can reach us directly at 780-464-0075 or find us on the web, macintoshgroup.ca. And that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Brent Griffiths and he's Brent McIntosh and we'll see you next time.